This is Are We Doomed, a podcast from Honolulu Civil Beat. I am your host, Claire Caulfield, here to answer your burning environmental questions. And we've gotten a few about environmental racism, a term pioneered in the 1970s that's once again on people's mind in 2020, amid larger conversations about systems of inequality in America. So today, a look at environmental racism in Hawaii, who it affects, and how to transform systems of inequality to bring about justice. The term environmental racism can be jarring to some. How can the environment be racist? But Dr. Devin Payne Sturgis said understanding environmental racism is just acknowledging that racism affects everything. It's really about those institutional rules and regulations and policies and government and corporate actions and decisions that deliberately targeting certain communities for the least desirable land uses, which would result in disproportionate exposure to you know toxic chemicals and hazardous waste. She's a public health expert at the University of Maryland who spent 12 years working at the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. So she's seen and documented how communities of color are disproportionately affected by environmental contamination. Your listeners should be familiar with what happened in Flint, Michigan the exposure to lead and drinking water in that community, which is predominantly African American and low income and how that whole situation was handled. It was so terrible. But this isn't an issue in just one city. It's all across the country. A recent study found that Black and Hispanic Americans breathe in far more air pollution than they produce, while white Americans breathe in 17% less air pollution than their actions produce. Who is actually producing the air pollution? And then who is actually disproportionately impacted by that air pollution? This is beginning to get at, you know, really, what is the system that leads to these disparities? And, and, and from my perspective, I think we need to see more attention paid to that. Here in Hawaii, we understand that idea of disproportionate impacts and how it's just not fair when we look at climate change. Hawaii emits less CO2 per capita than the national average, but the Hawaiian islands are already suffering the consequences. And to understand what environmental racism looks like in Hawaii, all you need to do is look to history. The plantation era really exploited land and labor in order to create profit, and it went only to a very small percentage of individuals. 99% of those plantation workers were people of color um, and they had lived in harsh conditions. There was a lot of pesticides and chemicals used and their living conditions were below par of what um, the standard would be. That's Lala Nuss. She runs the Climate Resiliency and Equity Program for Honolulu's Office of Climate Change, Sustainability and Resiliency. Lala said other examples of environmental racism include the military bombing of Koholawe and decisions about where to build landfills and power plants. Majority of the communities that live in those areas are predominantly Native Hawaiian or people of color. It's well documented that people who live near power plants, airports and highways have higher rates of lung cancer and asthma. Often these are communities of color bearing the negative side effects of industries that everyone benefits from. 
that's an environmental injustice. That really is looking at negative health, socioeconomical impacts that specific communities are having to burden in regards to environmental degradation. Native Hawaiians are more likely to have a number of conditions like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, asthma and obesity that could be caused by environmental contamination. But Hawaii is lagging behind other states in understanding why certain communities are suffering these health effects. In other cities, um, in comparison to Honolulu, there has been more formal work being done in government um, over the past 15, 20 years around environmental justice initiatives. Hawaii in general is actually quite still new to this endeavor. And I can speak from a city and county of Honolulu level. What I've uncovered in the nine months of my position is that there is a lot of data gaps that we have not discovered in understanding the landscape of environmental injustice in Hawaii. Lala needs hard data to convince rigid systems to change. But she said all it takes is some common sense to understand that Native Hawaiians are suffering. Native Hawaiians are the first environmentalists of this place. And that's something that I really want to center on in the values, uh, land management systems, the knowledge, the indigenous sciences that preserved, proliferated a society for thousand plus years. Only in the past 150 years have we really seen a huge decline in the health of land. And we really got to start looking at what systems cause that, right? And why are we so loyal to these systems and without being able to critically analyze what's working and what's not working? And climate change is making existing inequalities worse. Prime example, I would say, is our Kofar Micronesian communities that are pretty much climate refugees in many ways, where they are leaving because of the environmental degradation, because of the historical military industrial complex that pretty much ravaged and decimated their resources and their island homes. They're experiencing sea level rise at a rate that is incredibly dangerous for their continued existence in place. And because of because of the geography, um, Hawaii is that first stop of refuge for many of them. Including people from these affected communities into the decision-making process is one way to make things more equitable. Otherwise, we're going to have more of these challenges with the distrust and disconnect with our decision-making in private and public sector. But the continued ways in which it's business as usual, that's where the shift has to, to change, in my opinion. And it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of work. But Devin and Lala both say that the only way to truly break the cycle of environmental racism and injustice is to let communities make these decisions for themselves. Our communities are their own experts. They know what they need. They know um, how to care for each, each other and themselves. And I think that needs to be a um, flipping of the script. Visit civilbeat.org slash doomed to read more and ask me your own question about the environment in Hawaii. I am your host, Claire Caulfield, and Jessica Terrell is my editor. Funky Jams, courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions.
Are We Doomed? and Other Burning Environmental Questions is a podcast from Honolulu Civil Beat. To learn more about Civil Beat and our journalism, subscribe to our free morning email newsletter by texting CIVIL to 66866. Next week, we're taking a look at how the zero waste movement has responded to the COVID-19 pandemic. 